the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, we begin a brand new series. Simple word, service. Are you in the business of serving the Lord? Or do you have something else in mind? Let's talk about it next. So many people come into the church and they want to be served. But really, if you take a close look at Scripture, it's not about being served, but rather serving. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi there. Welcome to our Friday program. We're taking a look at church today on purpose. Having church on purpose and what that looks like. It's all part of our series called Service. Realigning our priorities and understanding God's Word and His calling on our lives. Who's Pastor Phil with today's program? So the church began Acts 2, and the reason we know it began is the baptizing work of the Spirit begins to form the body, and he said in Acts 10 and 11, it happened on the day of Pentecost. He began to immerse Jew and Gentile into the body of Christ. So we're a part of something been around 2,000 years, okay? And Christ is the builder of that. We're not talking about your denomination, this local church. Uh, we can go out of business. Your denomination can give up the faith. It won't affect what Jesus is doing. Okay? Uh, third thing, uh, what in the world did Jesus want the church to do? Okay, there's one of them. Make disciples, whatever that is. Okay, that's one. Can you name anything else? Well, you know, that all went together. What? Preach the gospel? Good. Whew, I got a job. Yeah, you do too. Preach the gospel, evangelize, make the disciples. Why do you attend on Sunday? How many of you are saved? Do you want me to evangelize you today like Andre? I'm telling you. Bring it on, Andre, if we can have that kind of response. I don't care if the deacons get saved again. Bring it on. That's great. Wonderful. You see, I only know about one or two evangelists in this entire church. Andre's an evangelist. Simple truth, but knew how to pull the net in. And all day, we probably 30 to 40 people that profess faith. Uh, so why do you show up if you're already saved? Worship. Fellowship, donuts, no, 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 uh, fellowship, um, does anyone, uh, obedience, uh, that God said to me, uh, does anyone get equipped or do you just yawn? Do you, do you, are you learning anything while coming? Okay, okay, uh, you, I think you're, you're on the way with Chuck coaching you here, um, Matthew 16, Christ said to Peter, when he called him the Christ, 
He said, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, and I take that to be the confession he made, that Christ is the Son of God, and upon this rock I will, future tense, in the future, it doesn't exist now, I'm under Moses, I'm under the law, but at a future day, I'm going to start building myself a church. And he started that on the day of Pentecost. Now, before he went back to heaven, we know this. Two things he said. I want my people to love one another just like I've loved them. John 13, 34. He said that before the Great Commission. Don't go out with the Great Commission and you can't stand the, the saints. I hear a lot of folks I've heard them say through the, oh, I get along with sinners better than uh, the saints. Well, because you act more like a sinner than a saint. You can never love further until you love at home. The light that shines further shines brightest at home. And it starts with loving God's people. The devil never does accuse uh, hell's angels to me. Hell's angels don't bother me, thankfully. Hallelujah, please don't. (laughs) It's a lot of God's little angels that bother me. They could be with the saints. And you don't know if they're saints or ain'ts. And say, how is your behavior going? Okay, we've got to love one another or there's no credibility. If God doesn't enable you to do that loving and coming from your heart, uh, then you know you either don't know the Lord, something's blocking that. You've got to keep that uh, artery, believe me, wide open. Because the devil accuses the people of God He runs down the work of God. So just know that's a satanic attack, always. Uh, Then he said in Matthew 28, uh, I've got all authority now that I've gone back to heaven and I'm commanding my church that you take the gospel and disciple all the nations and baptizing them and teaching them all things to obey. So he says... Hey, take the gospel, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And so let's just look at that and see that's one of the clearest marching orders we have in Scripture. Matthew 28, great commission. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Going, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. What is a disciple? a follower of Christ. How do you turn somebody that's a pagan into a follower of Christ? You must evangelize them. You must share the gospel. You don't have to be an evangelist, but you've got to share the evangel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. Okay? Because we were all pagan when this thing started. Had 120 saved people in the upper room, 3,000 saved on the day of Pentecost, then in Acts 4, I believe 5,000 were saved. So you've got about uh, less than 10,000 Christians for the whole world, and the rest of the world is pagan, 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 and doesn't know God. And then Rome gets mad. When Rome burns, Nero said, I've got to blame it on the Christians. And he started the Nero persecutions, went all the way to 300 A.D. with Diocletian, Kill the Christians, kill the Christians, kill the Christians. Guess what happened? With every martyr, 
a famous church history statement was born. The blood of the martyrs became the seed of the church. You can't kill it off. And what did he tell Peter? Not even the gates of Hades, and that word Hades there is really death. He's not talking about hell. He's talking about death. Death itself will not snuff out my church. You cannot kill. Uh, The communists tried to do it in China, and by the time they brought the bamboo curtain down, they found out there was 50 million Christians where they thought they had extinguished them. You can't kill us off enough to keep the church from growing. Christ will build his church. It's his church. The gates of Hades cannot prevail. Now, who are we trying to reach around here? Why are we on radio? Uh, It's sure not because the radio fan club sends us money. The men of this church have put up money. They put it up again. They put it up when we first began. We had a $10,000 gift. Several of our brothers have put up money again because we're not real good at getting names, sending gifts, and getting a donor base. Everybody tells us when we go off the air, we miss you. But we hadn't heard from them lately. You know what I mean. But why are we on radio? I'm on an ego trip. No, no, I might be, but that's not the reason. Uh, We're there because the word of God will not return empty. And in the Bay Area, people listen to MacArthur. They can hear Swindoll. They can hear Dobson. They can hear all this stuff. But we said, wouldn't it be nice if they had a local church they can go to? Or, Or do you have to go all over the country to hear the Bible? Greg Laurie's doing a great job. Dave Jeremiah's doing a great job. But you know what? We're preaching the same Bible right here at Valley. Why don't we tell them? And why don't you come? And many do come as a result of it. So both evangelism and telling a starving audience, you know, come. I had a woman tell me several years back, came Sunday morning, heard the message, and uh, she came up to me afterwards. I'd never met her before. She said, that is the greatest sermon I've ever heard in my life. I was a little stunned since I don't hear you say that every week. And, and so uh, while I was reeling from the compliment uh, and trying to get my composure and ask why you folks don't say that, uh, I, uh, I, I just thought, uh, it, it just came to me. I said, well, you know what? In a famine, even my cooking is good. There's a famine. There's a famine. Will you pass on the word? On any level. Pulpit, small group study, whatever. Let's go through this outline. Let me tell you where I, last Saturday I did this with our leadership. Ron Hughes says you need to tell the whole church. Ron, I'm obeying. This is our 42nd anniversary month. I want to tell you what we think we ought to be doing. Now, you got to first answer the what before you could ever answer the how. How are we doing it? I'll tell you some ways. Have we done every, <coughs> everything we ha- can do? No, because you're not on board yet. We like to see God use you. Several things. Churches are built on, one, personalities. Isn't that true? You get a dynamic uh, leader, and people are drawn. And many times if that leader falls, if they die, uh, that ministry just uh, disintegrates. Because it's built on a strong personality. Uh, two, churches are built on programs. 
Uh, they've got a great recovery program. They've got a great uh, grief share program. They've got a great youth program. And all these different programs. Uh, and so a lot of times churches, they're known for this. Great music program. Uh, I know that a church in Castro Valley always put on these humongous Christmas plays, neighborhood church, and fabulous music and drama ministry. People from all over the Bay Area went there. Thirdly, churches should exist to fulfill purposes. Why should we be in existence if it's not for God's purpose? Uh, I tell the story uh, that, I'll, let me go on these five uh, people were trying to reach, then I'll tell you that story. Uh, there's five groups that we're trying to reach and that we inevitably reach. Number one, community. The unchurched in our area. Uh, they know us down at City Hall. Uh, when we, uh, National Prayer Day, we invited all the city officials, policemen, uh, fire department, city council, come let us have lunch with you and have a day of prayer. We care about you. I think of a Howard in our congregation, how God kept him and protected him in a very dangerous job assignment. God watched over him. And uh, we, we want to be a friend to this community. We want to be an asset. I love what Dave Hurtado did with our Timothy guys. Uh, last year, the Timothy project was uh, we went down and cleaned a lot for the city. We didn't get any pay. We didn't want. We wanted them to know we care what happens in this city. We ought to be a blessing to the city. We ought to be a blessing to all the officials because we want to be salt and light, not another problem for them to fix. Right? I can't hear you. Okay. You want all this protection? Do you ever pray for the policeman? Do you pray? All you pray for is lower taxes. I know. Uh, two, uh, we have what we call the crowd. A crowd are church shoppers, uh, people who attend. They hear we have good donuts and different things. You know, maybe good youth program, whatever. They just drop in once in a while. Sometimes you say, oh, they're with us. No, they're not. They're just, they're just evaluating. And that's okay. That's wonderful. They're shopping. Uh, or they just fell in here, took a wrong turn on the road, and they're here. They're a crowd. They're out there. And that's wonderful. That's fine. We're so glad you're here. Uh, they're just attenders now and then. Thirdly is your congregation. And that are the people that have stepped forward and said, I want to join. I'm willing to be an active part of this fellowship. I believe God's working here. I like to be a part. And all membership is saying, I'm willing to tell you, I'm willing to make a commitment to serve, to give, to pray. I want to be uh, more than an attender. I want to be an active participant. And then, fourthly, you have the committed. And the committed are those who say, I want to grow. I want to get involved in small group studies. Uh, I'm going to go to WOW Ministry, Timothy. Uh, I want to get in all. I want to grow in Christ. I'm hungry. I've been saved 30 years. I've been saved 30 days. See, what's fun, I love having you young people. See, trying to tell a 30-year-old Christian something new that just blows them away, that gets a little old and boring. 
Why should I tell you something new? You ought to be telling somebody new. Good night. How long does it take you to know the Bible? How long does it take you until you are given out? Instead of, well, he didn't, he didn't say anything I didn't know today. Well, some of you are going deeper and coming up drier than anyone I've ever seen. I had a guy ask me, I was teaching a theology class at a college. And they asked me, this one young man said, what are you doing to teach the deeper Christian life at Valley? I said, well, we start with deep things like quit sleeping with your girlfriend and quit whipping your wife. His eyes crossed, smoke came out of his ears. He's some nice Anglo boy that couldn't hardly spell sin. I said, welcome to urban ministry. Welcome to people stepping out of the pit of sin in the Bay Area. They haven't heard all these terms all their life. They're not a third-generation Christian. They've not been around this. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah. Oh, oh, when you get acclimated that we're living among pagans that need to be reached, and when they're reached, they know nothing. Don't send them to me. Send them to you. You ought to be able to disciple them, right? I don't think you said to the pastors in Matthew 28, all you pastors go. He said it to these apostles and to the church, go. Finally, we've got the core. In this church, there's about 200 people that pull off most everything we do. They teach all the small group studies. They do the ushery. They do the junior high, senior high. They do women's ministries, men's ministries. They do uh, ushering. They do sound, lights, music, worship. We've got about 200 people in the church that claims over 1,000. So the 2080 rule, we really claim about 12, 1,400 that keep passing through, passing through. But the core in this church is only about 200 people. Because those outside of it neither give their money hardly, nor give their time, nor are available for service. And so they just attend. Even those who have taken membership, many of them should be dropped because they're not keeping covenant with us. They said they would do something, but they don't. So, uh, what in the world should we be doing? What should we be doing? I'm going to go through these right here. Stay with your notes. Uh, Number one, we exist to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians 3.3, a verse that for years has escaped my own notice, and I just stumbled on it, and it's so powerful. Verse 2, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision, notice, who worship in the Spirit of God. Our worship is Spirit-directed, Two, and we glory in Christ Jesus. Notice that. And glory, we, we bask in him. We, we're adoring him. We're, we're caught up with this person in the Godhead known as Jesus. We don't just worship God. Uh, God, kind of, who God, what are you talking about? The devil could say God. But he won't ever say worship Jesus. The cults can say worship God. We worship God the Son and God the Father. 
and we even worship God the Spirit. There's a person in the Godhead that stumbles all other religions. It's the second person of the Godhead, God the Son. We glory in him. A gospel meeting is where Jesus is adored, worshipped, and loved. If there's no Jesus in the meeting, you might be at a Unitarian church. You might be at a synagogue. You might be some other. But we glory in Christ Jesus, the head of the church, our Redeemer. Don't make any mistake about that. That's got to be central. We don't tag him on to make it holy. He's got to be central. And then we put no confidence in the flesh. We're not counting on the preacher, the band, or anything else to do what needs to be done in your heart. We're counting on the Spirit and Christ to do what needs to be done. Because all you've got on this staff are weak people saved by the grace of God. Well, uh, exalting. Two, evangelize the lost. And... uh, what do we do in that area? Well, radio is a reach out for that. Our mercy teams, uh, we went out Tuesday night, about 14 of us, to follow up all these professions of faith. Sean and his group, they go out on Tuesday nights. Uh, they give vi- cups out for visitors and move into our neighborhoods. We hand out this. We do outreaches. Uh, evangelism in every church is a downward escalator. It, we all know it ought to happen, but nobody wants to do it. It's just a downward escalator. I first hired Steve Fernandez in this church to do evangelism explosion. We did that. I went with him and some other men. He had it for a while. Then we handed it off to this one. We handed it off to that one. You know, the easiest thing to bury in this church, don't do anything for outreach. Let's grow old together. We know what each other likes at the potluck. And we've known each other for a long time. So you plant churches, they rise, they plateau, and then they decline. And God starts another church, another cell. Because we get up here and we don't want to do God's purposes. God's purposes is my little group that I meet with. And I'm, all, I'm almost like in a club atmosphere. I'm not living to do God's purposes. And so why wouldn't God blow out the lampstand? If you don't want to do what I told you, you don't need to represent me. And did you know that God closes as many churches as the devil? God knows when a church is putting out smoke instead of light. And when it's all smoke, he just... So well, whatever happened to first such and such? Whatever, while they used to be, yeah, they did. They no longer exist for God's purposes. And God no longer exists to bless them. You've got to have God's priorities to have God's provision. And God's priorities are his purpose. Evangelism, we need to always pray. Do you ever try to reach anybody with the gospel? Can you do the ABCs that uh, Andre told us about? Admit you're a sinner, believe in Jesus Christ, confess him as Lord. I think if I couldn't witness, I'd want to shut up about all the rest. Because you've copped out where the church is destined to die because there's no new births happening. 
We've become bored with the Christ. See, we deny our faith when we will be so quiet about it. We'll fight over the political arena. Oh, that neighbor of yours could care less about Democrats or Republicans. They need Christ. They need Christ. They need Christ. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Carefully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.